we got trapped in the trap that many kids of divorce fall into, which is like, mom would say something about dad and then say, oh, don't tell your dad. And we'd be like, okay. And then dad would say something about mom and be like, don't tell your mom I said that. And we're like, okay. So then we're just storing all these secrets going back and forth. And it's like, oh, I don't, I can't say that. Oh my gosh. Did I, I don't want to bring that up. Ah. And there's just a lot of internal stress that goes on when you're a child of divorce that I think people don't really know about. Hey, hey, welcome to the WTF Divorce Podcast. My name is Rob Roseman. On this show, we talk about everything divorce, whether you're thinking about divorce, going through it, or figuring out life after. Divorce, co-parenting, dating, we cover it all and break it into short clips so it's easy for you to find and learn from. If you want more help, head on over to WTFDivorce.com. Thanks for listening. On to today's show. Real quick, let's talk about today's sponsor. The WTF Divorce Podcast is sponsored by Our Family Wizard. If you're a co-parent, you know how frustrating it can be constantly going back and forth with your ex about the kids, schedule, and expenses. Our Family Wizard helps keep everything organized in one app, making co-parenting communication less stressful. More about how Our Family Wizard can help in a few minutes, but now on to today's show. All right, welcome to the WTF Divorce Podcast. Today, I'm excited to talk to Grace Casper. Grace is a 24-year-old author of the new book. I've got a copy here. It's called Dear Parents, Notes from a Child of Divorce. Uh, Grace, thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely, Rob. I'm honored to be here. You guys have really powerful guests, so I can't believe I'm now one of them. I'm excited to talk to like a different perspective. I know I was on your show and it's different to talk to dads, but we never hear from kids of divorce. So this is uh, exciting, especially as a dad. Uh, I've got three kids, 11, nine, and about to be six. And I only really see it from my eyes. I project as to what, you know, they're thinking, but I really have no idea. So I'm excited to talk to you and kind of get into your story of uh, when all this went down for you and what it felt like. So you want to start from the beginning, like uh, when your parents got divorced, maybe even before and leading up to it, what you were what you were thinking about? Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, my parents were married for 12 years. And while I was alive for that part of their marriage, when they were married, it was always like walking on eggshells. Um, it just wasn't a super healthy marriage and it was obvious. And, uh, Jack and I, that's my little brother. We had this thing called the honeycomb hideout in our house that my mom made for us. And it was like, this is going to sound really dramatic, but I promise it wasn't that bad, (laughs) but it was a little closet that we had like junk food in and, blankets and stuffies and a DVD player because we didn't have iPads back then. And uh, Jack and I would go hide in the honeycomb hideout if mom and dad were fighting. So it was kind of, we were used to um, staying away when mom and dad were fighting. It just kind of was was a part of our routine and it seemed very normal. And then realizing what life was like post-divorce, I had no idea what healthy looked like so it was awesome when they got divorced let me let me pause you for a second how old were you uh when they got divorced and what was it like how did they tell you i'm curious about that from a kid's perspective great question so i was eight and jack was six um that's when so they told us when they separated 
they didn't tell us when the divorce was like official. So they told us at the beginning of the separation process, which I thought was good. I thought it would be really weird if they separated and then waited to tell us till it was finalized. So I'm glad they told us when the separation began, but my mom actually sat us down when my dad already moved out and we had no idea he already moved out. And she said, dad doesn't live here anymore. Um, he got an apartment in Denver and we are separating and we're going through a divorce. And Jack said, does that mean like you guys aren't married anymore? And she was like, yeah, that's what that means. And I remember thinking to myself as an eight year old, like, wow, this is really sad and I need to be sad. But I didn't really get why it was sad because dad was gone for business trips anyways. And the house still felt so normal. And I just thought like, oh, he'll be back, you know, and reality didn't hit until we went to dad's house for the first time. And it was like, oh, like we pack a bag and like we go to dad's house now, like what? So the reality of the divorce really set in when we started doing the back and forth thing. And then it was like, oh, okay, yeah, like dad's dating people, mom took off her ring, like this is real. Yeah, what was that like as the dad, I moved out to an apartment as well. I don't. So your mom stayed in the house. Uh, what is yeah. that like for a kid when you're going to the apartment you know without all your stuff it's you know as a dad i could say i'm not the best at furnishing and making the house super kid friendly what does a kid think when they're walking to dad's apartment and see this is their new home half the time yeah i talk about it in my book and um i try to say it in a really kind way because now i understand as an adult all that my dad had to go through but back then like it was scary because i went from the comfortability of like the suburbs in my home to then this random, we called it the glass tower in Denver where like literally his apartment was all glass. So like the, the walls were glass, like everything was glass. And then because he had to move out so quickly, all he could get was a one bedroom apartment. So he had his room and then Jack and I built a fort on the ground in the living area on the floor. And so we didn't have, beds yet like we didn't have our own space Jack and I like shared the living room floor together and um it sounds like very like oh so sad and but honestly like my dad made it fun by making it kind of like an adventure for us and being like we're gonna make a fort on the ground and then we got to like have the tv in front of us and like oh we get to watch tv as we fall asleep which we never got to do before and so like little privileges like that. And that made it kind of sound fun as a kid, but it definitely was intimidating. Like even just, I talk about in the book, like the sounds of sirens going off cause we're in the city. Like I'm not used to that cause I grew up in the suburbs. So then just hearing like the sounds of a city as you're falling asleep, like just the minor sensory changes even felt like a huge change to be a kid and be like, what is going on right now? So what was that like when you went back to your mom's house? Was there a lot of talk about like what's going on at dad's or was that kind of stuff you, you kind of kept to the other parent? Yeah, I would say I wasn't really good at talking about it. And truthfully, like my parents going through the midst of all of the separation and trying to finalize the divorce, I don't remember them really being good at asking about it either. It was just kind of like, this is what we're doing and that's it. And there wasn't a whole lot of talk of like, how does this feel? Like, how are you guys adjusting? It was just like, here's what we're doing. And so it wasn't till years later that then we all finally started like looking back and reflecting and being like, 
wow, like that has, that was hard. And that was really interesting to manage. And I was really lucky to have my younger brother, Jack, because we really processed it together. And we would really were the only ones who understood each other because he knew what it was like to go back and forth. So I always think divorce is a lot better if you have siblings with you. Um, Cause it was nice to lean on Jack and be like, don't you think that this is weird? And he's like, yeah. And then to think like, do you feel like you have to be a different person in front of dad than you do mom? And he's like, yeah. And so just the differences and I don't know, kind of managing these different personalities with both parents. And then, you know, we got trapped in the trap that many kids of divorce fall into, which is like, mom would say something about dad and then say, oh, don't tell your dad. And we'd be like, okay. And then dad would say something about mom be like, don't tell your mom I said that. And we're like, okay. So then we're just storing all these secrets going back and forth. And it's like, oh, I don't, I can't say that. Oh my gosh. Did I, I don't want to bring that up. Ah. And there's just a lot of internal stress that goes on when you're a child of divorce that I think people don't really know about. What's it like with uh, friends? I mean, or I assume a lot of your friends are, their parents are still married. Are you going to their houses? Are you talking to them about it? Or is it something that you just keep private and are feel a little embarrassed about? That's a great question. Um, at first, I was embarrassed because I was actually one of the first in my grade to have divorced parents and everyone else's were together. And it just felt like, eh, like you don't get it. But then unfortunately, as I got older, I did not become the minority. I was more the majority and people started having divorced parents and they were coming to me and being like, hey, I know you've been living with this since you were a third grader. What has that been like? And I ended up kind of like coaching other kids of divorce through it. And that was really nice to know that I could offer something because at the time I'm just like, I'm just going through this and nothing's really, I don't know, coming out of it. So to know that there are people who could benefit from my advice from being through it before them was really, really cool. Um, but I mean, I was lucky to have friends that were willing to talk about it with me. And like, I had a lot of friends that hosted me and Jack at their house when my mom had to go to mediation with my dad or had to do like different legal stuff with the divorce. She didn't want us to know that was going on. So she would just drop us off at this house and then be like, you guys have fun on your play day. And we had no idea what was going on um, behind our backs. People listening to this and your audience are mostly parents, actually, I meant reading these books. Uh, do you have any like kind of scripts or things you could tell parents to tell their kids when they're talking about their friends? Like, Hey, if you go to school and your friends ask you why you're not going to this person's house, any tips on what kids can say to their friends? Yeah, I mean, I don't really think there's like an awesome script for that other than just saying like to to really empower your kids to know that, hey, their family dynamic looks different, but it's not broken. Just because it looks different doesn't mean it's worse or that it's bad or that it's broken. It just simply means that it's different and different doesn't equate to being bad. And so just empowering your kids and their family dynamic and knowing that they still are from a healthy, loving, caring family, and they can be proud of that, and they can be proud of their stories. So if you know they're invited to a birthday party and it's dad's weekend or it's mom's weekend and they can't go, um, talking to their friends about that and saying, hey, I, you know, my parents aren't together as you may know, and I need to talk to my dad first to see if he'll let me go to your party. 
Um, I hope you can understand, blah, blah, blah. I had to do that a couple of times as a kid. And I think honesty is always the best policy. Like there's no way to saying like, you know, beating around the bush and pretending that you don't have divorced parents. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just a different dynamic in the house. And um, I think a lot of kids will understand. And I really haven't seen many like kids bullying or making fun of me because my parents weren't together. I like what you said empower your kids to be able to talk about it say it's not a big deal even though it is sometimes also you know just uh you know moving back and forth i see that with my kids it's like can i play at this person's house i don't have their mom's phone number so there are these little like uh frictions that come up that that you while your married parents life wasn't uh ideal It just went a little probably smoother in general. And now you have all these new things to think about when you're uh, dealing with two different houses, right? I will say like while it provided emotional stability and um, like a healthier environment at each separate house, it did also provide more hoops to jump through and logistic hurdles to tackle as far as things like that, like hanging out with friends or um, you know, forgot this at mom's house, dang it, I can't go get it because I live 40 minutes away. And like, I don't know, there is a lot of um, other things that came with the divorce. But I'd say like, looking back, as a young adult now, I am so grateful for it. Because the alternative, like we talked about in my episode with you is like, the alternative would have been them staying together. And yeah, maybe I wouldn't have the hurdle of you know, forgetting things at mom's house, but holy cow, I would not be the person I am today because I got to grow up in such healthy environments. And if they were still together, I would have witnessed so much crap and garbage and stuff that wasn't good for me to see. And my mom wouldn't be the whole confident human she is today. My dad wouldn't be the whole person he is today. Um, And I'm so glad that I get to see them as their own people now and like their true selves because the divorce gave them that. When they were together, they were trying to be things for each other that just like wasn't who they were, if that makes sense. Yeah. What would you say to parents that are thinking of staying together for the kids from a kid's perspective now with some distance? What would you say to parents that have that mindset? Um, I'm one of the rare ones and I like to say that, please don't do that. (laughs) Um, I, just because of the studying I've done, it's not just my perspective. It's also, I have a podcast where I interview other children of divorce and I mean, divorce sucks at any age, but man, if you know your child's eight years old and you know, you want to separate with your person, but you're like, no, let's stay until they're 18. Oh my gosh, those next 10 years of their life are going to be so drama. And then y'all are going to break up. And then at 18 years old, they're going off to college and they're going, wait, my whole world's tearing apart. My parents are getting divorced now. Wait, did they wait to get divorced because of me? Oh no, now it's my fault. Oh no, were they ever in love? When did they fall out of love? Like you're just examining your whole life. And then you go like, what? Shut the front door. What is going on here? And so I think like the older that you are when they get divorced, actually the more complicated it gets because you are like, because you're older and you're more mature, you understand more and you want to know like, did dad cheat on mom? Like what happened here? 
And um, whereas when you're younger, it's just like, okay, stuff is changing, but I'm not really sure why. And then as you get older, it just becomes your normal. Um, like I interviewed a guy who was 25 on my podcast. His parents just got divorced and he's a 25 year old, like a grown man. And oh my gosh, it's like tearing him apart. He does not know how to cope. He doesn't know what to do with it. He's dating someone right now really seriously. And now he's like, should I be dating right now? I don't understand love. Like what is commitment? Cause his role model of like what marriage is just crumbled. Um, so it's very disorienting. That's a great way to put it. I, it's so interesting. It's like mind blowing hearing it from a kid's perspective. And I like what you said too. It's people always say, Oh, uh, I wish I didn't get divorced or it would have been so much easier for the kids. But I always say like, compared to what, if you're comparing it right. to some fantasy relationship, you know, that's one thing that as a, didn't exist, but the reality was you were in a really probably unhealthy relationship. So you have to compare it to that. And I think people like right. to just come up with this other version of their lives that never existed anyways. And it sounds like, Literally. you know, for kids also, you're, you're living through it. We didn't live this. You guys should have stayed together. We lived, we're hiding in the, you know, the fort because we can't be around you guys. So, you know, it's important yeah. to like, think about what reality actually looks like. I also have friends, Rob, who are living like with parents that are still together and they will say to me, oh my gosh, I know how terrible my parents' marriage is and I just wish that they would get divorced. But because of shame or because of the things that come with divorce, they don't want to do that. But I just wish that they get divorced. I'd be fine with it. They would be more happy individuals and I'd be a happier kid not dealing with all of their drama if they just ripped off the band-aid and got divorced. And so that's also coming from kids who are not kids of divorce, who like see the problems in their parents' marriage and are like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, it's a, we're modeling this behavior for our kids. And I, I'd like to ask you about uh, dating. You know, you're, you are, what, 24, so you are still young, but you are, you know, dating. You, you've had experience in relationships. What do you think... Can you wrap your head around like how dating would have been different if your parents stayed together that whole time and it was really unhealthy versus like, like you said, ripping the bandaid off and you seeing your parents in a different light and how you view what the healthy relationship looks like. That's a really interesting uh, thing to think about. Yeah. I mean, I, I could guess what my dating life would be like if my parents stayed together. Um, but I just, I don't know. I will say like, yeah, they got divorced when I was eight and I got to see healthier lifestyles built around it because they were separated. But at the same time, I still felt the trauma and the effects of like their dynamic and also who they are. My, my mom and dad are just such different people. Um, and so being with one and then being with the other, I just saw so much in life. And I think being around such different things and growing up in such different ways, I definitely um, was a little bit lost in high school and was really wanting attention from my dad. And out of that place, started dating people that like were not in my sphere of requirements for what I wanted somebody. Um, and. I think I just really wanted my dad to just like give a fuck <laughs> and I wanted him to be like, yeah, that guy's really wrong for you and like raw, raw, you know, 
But instead he was very much, and I mean, this is his parenting style and that's totally fine. And, and it has some pros to it, but he was very much like, it's your life. You do what you want, blah, blah, blah. But I think I just wanted him to just be like, don't date that guy. And so there was a season where I was dating people that aren't good for me and I knew it, but I kind of liked it because it made me feel like powerful and rebellious. And it made me feel like I'm in control because I know that you're bad for me and I could dump you any minute, but I'm out of your league and da da da. Like very manipulative and not love. Um, and then I didn't date people for probably about two years. And then I met my boyfriend now, John, out of the blue. And I totally felt like he was um, from God because he just is wonderful and um, he understands me really well. His parents are similar to my parents and the way that they act and he he gets the way I grew up and um he also like it's scary how well he knows me and he can call me out if I'm being manipulative or something and he's like Grace you know you don't have to do that like I'll ask him can you make dinner for me tonight because I've done it for you the past five times and I've done this for you and this for you and this for you and he's like Grace you don't need to list all the things you've done for me to prove that I can make you dinner like you can just straight up ask can you make me dinner tonight because we're in a relationship and that's what you do you give to each other in a relationship and I'm like what like I don't think I'm worthy to ask you to do things for me and he's like no no no. I want to do things for you because I love you it's not this like tit for tat we're like oh you did something for me now it's my turn to do something for you and I'm like oh weird like I always feel like I have to earn <laughs> so he's been yeah. very refreshing it's been cool dating him. Oh, I mean, you're so much wiser than I was at 24. What's one thing that you learned about your mom post-divorce that you what? didn't know when they were together? And then we'll do your dad also. Ooh, Rob, I love this question. I've never gotten this before. I like this one a lot. For my mom, I learned that she is a loud, passionate um, hilarious individual. And I think before the divorce, I didn't know she was like that. When they were married, she was meek and quiet and submissive and very like go with the flow. And now she's like in a movie theater and she's like the loudest one cracking up. She's, um, like really expressive with the way she talks and, uh, really passionate about like her hobbies and she goes all in and she's just like a badass. Like she, she gets shit done. And because she's also had to step into the role of father in our house. So she's like, you know, if something breaks in the house, we don't have a handyman anymore. Like she's the handyman. So she'd look up stuff on YouTube and figure it out. Like she'd do a lot before calling the neighbor guy and being like, Hey, Len, can you come over and help me? It was kind of like this pride thing in her where she was like, I don't need a man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so that side of her came out, which I never thought was there. So that was surprising. And then for my dad, um, I saw like a really, it, it's weird. She became like louder, you know, and then he almost became like quieter in a sense um, where he became more compassionate and more, um, how do I describe it? More like squishy, more like um, comfy. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I think when he was in the house and they were together, he was this authoritative figure and kind of like scary and intimidating and like the head of the house. And then when they got divorced, he had to be more 
of a mom then to me and Jack when we were at his house. So he became more nurturing and more um, creative in the way that he hung out with us because he's like, well, crap, Jill isn't here to plan the activities for the kids. Now I have to do that. Jill isn't here to cook for the kids. I have to do that. So he just learned how to become more nurturing as the years went on. Because I would say that at, when, the, when the divorce first started, he was a little bit awkward about it. And I think he didn't really know how to parent us. He was like, ah, Jill's not here. I don't know what to do. And then <laughs> as the years went on, I saw him kind of forming into this really confident father who was like, here's the ways I can show up for my kids. And yeah, I can't make their favorite meal like their mom can. But man, I can do this for them and I can do that for them. And there's this activity I put in my book for parents to fill out this little T-chart to be confident in what you can offer your kids because you're not going to be just like your spouse. And that's a good thing because you can't offer what they can offer your kids. But you have your own set of qualities and experiences that you can offer your kids that is unique to you. And it's going to serve your kids in a way that they will not get from the other parent. So just be confident in what you can give your kids. But yeah, that's how I saw them step up in different ways. Okay. Along those lines, I'm terrified of my, I have 11 year old boy, nine year old boy, about to be six year old girl tips for a father of a teen and preteen daughter. It sounds absolutely terrifying. Give us some inside, inside info. Um, oh boy. I'll tell you an embarrassing story. I've never told anyone. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really awkward being a teen and like I had so, oh my gosh, I turned into kind of like a bitch when I hit hormones. I was so mean and everything was buggy and everything like just, I was like, get away from me. And my dad was super good at giving me my space. I talk in the book about how there's seasons of favoritism with parents and like I really leaned on my mom when I was younger, but then when I was a teenager, I really gravitated towards my dad because he was able to give me that space that I craved and like believed in my independence and was, I don't know, not as um, like hovering over me as my mom was. And so I liked that he gave me space. I liked that he empowered me. But then also the embarrassing story is one time I was new to getting my period and I got it at his house and I did not know what to do because I was like, well, shit, like I, my mom's not here. I don't have anything. Like I was so scared. And so I went up to him and I was like, uh, dad, I have to go to the store. And he was like, okay, like, why do we need to go to the store? And I was like, oh, I have a thing I need to get. And I think like it took him a little minute. And then he was like, oh shit. And then he's like, oh, oh yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So then we like went to the store and I like got stuff. And then he was like, he was so nice about it. He's like, great. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. He's like, you're a woman. This is what women have to deal with. He's like, I'm sorry you have to deal with this. That is atrocious. Like he was being overly <laughs> kind about it. And I was like, oh, thanks, dad. I was so young. And like, oh my God, it's so cringy. But it's a part of the thing. Like there's times where you're going to have to buy that for your girls. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so it shouldn't all rely on go ask mom. It's like, dad's going to be dealing with this stuff. Uh, yes. So get ready to get uncomfortable yes. and, and talk about it. All the changeovers, transitions when you're a kid, we have like a dad bag at our house. It's annoying for me. I imagine it's annoying for the kids. What is the most annoying part of switching back and forth between houses? Uh, I hate to say this, but the night before transitioning was always my most anxious night for me. 
I think it was just like the mental anticipation of like, okay, going to dad's house or like, okay, I'm going back to mom's house. And um, I don't know if this is every kid of divorce, but again, because my parents were so different, I felt like I had to show different parts of myself um, in front of them. They never asked me to do this. This is not their fault at all. It was just this subconscious thing that I assumed the role of that now I know I never had to do, but I thought it was expected of me. And so I think for me, it was just the mental work of figuring out like, okay, I'm going to dad. So I need to be this person. I can't talk about this. Mom told me this about dad. I can't tell that about dad. And then, okay, I got to bring this to dad's. And then he wants me to be there. And like, just all of the things to keep track of in your head and then to go to mom's and then revert back. Okay. Now I'm back at home. I got school stuff to work on. Da, 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 da. And just, I don't know. There was a lot of mental work. So it was less the like physical packing and transitioning location. It was more like the mental work of who I had to be at dad's versus who I had to be at mom's. Anything you could tell a parent, if you were a parent of divorce and you had kids, so parents are listening to this, maybe a tip for a parent to help with that transition time. Yes. I just wish that my parents, and they don't know this, I never communicated this. So again, no shame on them, but I just wish that they would have sat me down individually and said, Hey, do you know that I want you to be all of you at this house? Like, just because I only get you for, let's say that they only got me for 48 hours that time around. Just because I get you for 48 hours doesn't mean I want the really happy, joyful Grace who's like always excited to do stuff. Like if I just get you for 48 hours and you are sad the entire time, you're in a bad mood the entire time, man, I will love that time because I get to be with you. I want to be with you and all that you are. And because you're a human, you contain different emotions. You have bad days. You have things that affect your mood, just like I'm affected sometimes during our time. And so if we can just both promise to each other that we can come to each other as our most authentic selves, I think we're going to have the best time whenever you're at this house or whenever you're at dad's house or whatever it may be. And so for each parent to both explicitly give direct permission to the child that like, hey, you know, you can be your full self, right? I hope you're not, I hope you're, and don't assume that they are, but just like asking, like, I hope you're not like reserving parts of yourself here. Like, I hope you know that I mean, you can be mad at me. Like you can be frustrated at divorce. Like that's allowed here. And just giving them that permission of like, I want all of you and you don't need to manage the divorce or manage my emotions because you're just a kid, you know? It's such a great tip is to let your kids have their emotions, but I never even thought about explicitly telling them that, almost encouraging them to do that. So one thing we see a lot of are these Disney dads, you know, we can all be guilty of it is where we want to like the best for our kids all the time. So we want to take them here and take them there and like maximize oh. their experience when they're with us and keep them busy and do these things for our own egos in some ways. Whereas I always hear kids really just want time with you. What's it? What does a kid think like when they're at the other person's other parents house about what do they really want from their parents? I love this question because my dad made, I mean, we've had a lavish childhood because of him. Like he's brought us on these crazy vacations and stuff. And I'm really grateful for them, but man, I would have appreciated them a lot more as a 24 year old versus like a 10 year old who didn't know the history of the city and things like that. So I think like there's a point where it's like, you know, they're kids, they're not gonna, 
realize stuff like that. Like, for example, I literally just brought my niece to Disneyland and she's four years old and she didn't want to do any of the rides. She literally just wanted to look at stuff in her stroller. She was just like, oh, that's so pretty. Oh, that's so pretty. Like, and it's like, wow, we spent so much money just to like take a walk, you know? And so I think recognizing what they can handle at their age is really important. And I have a story to back this up with my brother. I remember he, my dad brought us to this really nice dinner, like insane food with really wild flavors and like really like a amazing dinner. And we got home and Jack was in my room and he was like crying and he was like, I just wish we could go to Subway sometimes. <laughs> And I was like, it's okay, Jack. But I think my dad, he just wanted to show us love so bad. And he wanted to like, prove that he's a really like fun, experiential dad. And like, and he didn't realize that, man, we just wanted Subway sometimes, you know, and just mm -hmm. like sit in the kitchen and eat our Subway sandwiches and watch TV. So um, yeah, I think there's no need to overthink it and make it these huge like, wow, experiences especially when the kid isn't old enough to appreciate it. Like don't spend all this money on something that your kid's going to look back on and be like, yeah, I loved the pool at the hotel. And you're going to be like, what? We saw like this art museum and this cool architecture and blah, blah, blah. And they don't care about that. They just care about the pool at the hotel, you know? So just remembering that they're kids and they don't need a lot. They just want present people in their lives and um, like fun activities, but it doesn't need to be these like, like huge all stops are poured out for this thing yeah i guarantee you if i take a trip with my kid usually and i ask later on what was your favorite part it's like the hotel room the fact yeah. that there was a tv in the room uh going to like mcdonald's and the pool yeah. and you're like and you spent thousands of dollars and I'm, I'm thinking like why don't we just go to the holiday Inn down the street for you know 100 bucks and you can have the best Literally. weekend ever no, literally. I think, I think as a parent, and this is something uh, usually one parent might be better financially off and there's like, and maybe they're doing more things. The other parent feels inadequate. I'm not doing these cool trips with my kids, but you're saying that was you don't my need mom. to. Yeah, I remember. So my dad, again, takes us on these. I mean, we got to go to New York, like see shows on Broadway, like really cool stuff, stuff that I still remember and love and I mean, I love New York because I got to experience it with my dad. But at the same time, one of my favorite vacations as well is going to my cousin's lake house with my mom, which was like a not expensive trip. And we literally just chill on the lake the whole weekend. And I would equate that to the same level of love as this expensive New York trip where we see a bunch of shows and eat fancy food. So, I mean, for me, it's about like memories and the people that I'm with. Um, and how much fun I'm having. And it's not so much about like, I don't know, Instagrammable, postable moments. Because when you're a kid, you just don't really give a shit about that. <laughs> um, there's not so much as the competition I see in adults now where it's like people posting about their vacations or where they've been. And now that I'm older, there's more of that coming into my life where my friends will be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to Turks and Caicos. And it's like, oh, well, that's a big deal. Whereas when you're a kid, like you don't care where you're going. So yeah, I mean, the competition's real. I remember there was times where Jack and I felt like we couldn't tell our mom how much fun we had with dad because it would hurt her feelings. Cause she'd be like, well, sorry that I can't take you guys to New York and blah, blah, blah. Or because we're from Colorado, like we, my 
dad would bring us skiing and skiing's a really expensive sport. My mom couldn't bring us skiing and she'd always be like, sorry, I can't bring you skiing. And we're like, no, mom, like we know you can't bring us skiing and we're not upset with that because we get to do that with dad. Like there's stuff that you can do that dad can't do and there's stuff dad can do that you can't do and it's okay, you know? You wrote this book. Let's show it here. Dear Parents, uh, Notes from a Child of Divorce. Tell us when you wrote this, what got you to wrote it. I mean, it's pretty amazing just the story behind it and how it how it can help parents. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, I wrote it on the monkey bars at recess on my composition notebook in fifth grade. So that's where the first words came from it. The majority of the book now is not from fifth grade me, but it's actually from 22, 23, 24-year-old me over these last three years. Um, and it's 16 chapters, me writing to the parents, telling them about um, what I feel like tools parents need to parent their kids well through divorce. And then at the back of the book, there's the appendix, which has a picture of fifth grade me. And it's my original fifth grade tips that I wrote to kids um, when I was writing it to my brother for going back and forth from mom and dad's house. So, I mean, it's a 14 year old dream that has totally come to life finally and has become this tangible book. And really, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here, but there really is nothing like it on the market, um, for parents to have a resource in parenting through divorce from the child's perspective. And I also try to be careful and stay in my own lane with saying like, hey, I've never been a parent before. Um, I've never been divorced. And I admit that fully. And so take what I say, you know, with as much power as you'd like. But what I can offer you is the child's perspective and is the interviews that I've had on my podcast and hearing from other children of divorce. And so I hope that these um, guardrails that I give parents are just a way to inspire them to start dreaming about, okay, how can I make my child's childhood like memorable and hopefully hopeful post-divorce rather than traumatic and something that shakes them. I love that it's like, it's this perspective of a child, but you're also now have all this knowledge. So you do have this like perfect blend of like, I see what you're going through. Here's what I went through. Here's what I know now. Cause let me tell you, Grace, like every day, I mean, look, this show is called WTF divorce. That's literally what is going through my head. You know, when I wake up with my daughter and I have to get her dressed, it's like we do not know what we're doing. So yeah. it's like really refreshing to know that, uh, you know, nobody knows what they're doing. And like this is an opportunity to learn from it and not be perfect. So yeah. um, I'm super excited to, to share the book and dig into it. Thank you. I'm so excited to hear more of your thoughts once you work through it all, because there are questions in it. If you all didn't know, there's three questions after each chapter for you to answer as the parent yourself. And reflect on what we've talked about and hopefully you can gain um, experience and put in your own story into the chapter to really see how it can affect your own life. Is it a book you work through with your kids at all, or it's kind of just like homework to go take with you and, and apply? Uh, it's mainly homework. There are some action plans after each chapter that include doing something with your child. So I wouldn't say the whole book is about doing it with your child. But all of it is with the child in mind, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Okay. I just want to say thank you guys for listening to A Child of Divorce who's never been married and never been divorced. So thank you.
Thank you, Grace. Tell people where they can find you and where they can find your book. Absolutely. So you can find my book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Target. You can also buy it from me directly on my website at divorcetipsfromkids.com. If you click on book there, you can buy it there. Uh, free shipping, just not as fast as Amazon. So if you want it quick, I would recommend Amazon. Um, and then you can follow me on Instagram at Divorce Tips from Kids. I also have a monthly newsletter that I send out. If you want to sign up for that, you can type in your email. And then I also have a podcast that I host called Divorce, What I Wish My Parents Knew, where I interview children of divorce. We talk about what their parents did well and what they could have done better. And I also interview other resources in the divorce realm so you can hear from other people like Rob who exist and um, know about other things to give you resources as you go through divorce. So cool what you're doing. You're like paving completely something that has never been done before. So it's really exciting and I'm glad to be mm -hmm. along for the ride and, and learn from you as my kids grow up too. Thank you, Rob. I really appreciate your humility and just your willingness to believe in me. So thank you. Thanks, Grace. The WTF Divorce Podcast is sponsored by Our Family Wizard. If you're a co-parent, you know how frustrating it can be constantly going back and forth with your ex about the kids, schedules, and expenses. Our Family Wizard helps keep everything organized in one app, making co-parenting communication less stressful. Here's Rachel to explain how Our Family Wizard changed her co-parenting life. Right after I filed for divorce, the texts and all the communicating with my ex became super stressful. Every text, every call, every time I scheduled an appointment, it was just emotionally draining. My attorney suggested using the Our Family Wizard app, and it completely saved my sanity. The constant texting stopped because all the communication moved into the app, so I could check it when I was ready to respond. And for me, I really actually needed OFW. Um, I gave my lawyer some clear documentation of, um, let's say, ridiculous disputes, and I didn't have to email him hundreds of screenshots anymore. He could see it in the app. I tell all my friends, also struggling with co-parenting, about OFW, and everyone who tries it says it's a game changer for them, too. Join more than one million parents and family law professionals who trust Our Family Wizard. Go to www.ourfamilywizard.com to get started today. That's www.ourfamilywizard.com.